Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. Welcome back to The Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We are so glad that you are here on this fantastic Friday in December. Um, today is really special because it's because words are very hard to find because it's the last show of 2023. Oh my gosh. If you are coming back to visit us again, welcome in. If this is your very first Sell Better show, welcome. You can find all of our upcoming shows at sellbetter.xyz or by scanning that QR code on the screen. My production team is about to get really mad at me, but I would be very remiss if I did not give them a quick shout out. We have done 225 shows live this year. So a huge thank you to Vicky, Maria, Kevin, and our whole behind-the-scenes crew. You guys are amazing. They are what make this happen every day. Beyond that is our fabulous sponsors. Huge shout-out to our partners that make these possible. Today, we've got Lemlist, the only cold outreach tool that helps you reach inboxes and get replies. JB Sales. So if you're looking to level up, kick off next year strong, you'll get a special deal through Sell Better for a JB Sales membership. You can message me. I'll send it to you. Buzz gives you insight into how your target audience wants to engage with you. Vidyard, you know and love them as a video platform, but you got to check out. They have a new tool called Prospector. It's AI-powered prospecting. And last but not least, exactly they are actually founded by a sales leader. Super cool, AI-powered, intelligent revenue platform. Helps teams forecast, helps with performance management. I'm going to stick a link in the chat if you want to check out a demo from exactly there. But today is all about just growing, booking meetings. I have a fantastic new guest here. Tal, welcome. Hello, Leslie. I'm nice so excited. I'm so excited as well. I'm looking at the looking at the participants going up 107 already. Very nice. We're cooking. You know, it's uh, good to see everyone excited and tuning in. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you. Friday. On a Friday afternoon as well. Although not afternoon, you. It's, it's lunchtime, right? Just into the afternoon. Depends on where we're calling in from. I would love to see where are you guys calling in from. Go ahead and stick it in the chat, but make sure you change that chat to everyone at the bottom there for the blue bubble. Um, while we're launching... A quick poll to see who has joined us in the room. Um, I would also like to just quickly talk through a little bit about what to expect here this afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are. So um, Tal's going to share with us um, how he's doing some research, reaching relevant prospects, a few fantastic templates for cold emails. And then I had to ask Tal what his top three tips for prospecting are. So we're going to get to that too. Tell, I got to hear though, before we jump in, uh, are you ready for new quota, new year? Are you feeling good? What's like your number one prediction for 2024? I mean, let's see. I mean, am I looking forward to it? I mean, it's always that weird point when you get to the end of the year and everything that you've done up until that point is kind of like you're either 100%, you're getting to 100% and then you have that wipe down, um, you know, where you have to restart afresh. I think that the thing that I'm anticipating is everyone's going to go a little bit crazy for the Google updates. Everyone's going to look crazy for, I think the AI wave has kind of gone up and then kind of petered off a little bit, but I think people trying to make sure they stay out of spam is one thing in the sales community. And then I do think that for the new year, 2024, 
I think a lot of personal branding stuff is going to start to come into the fray as well. And obviously that's one or two things I'm going to talk about today, but I don't want to spoil it, you know, but that's my overall thoughts. So I'm feeling pretty good and looking forward to some holiday and uh, yeah, the, the rest we can talk about in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> I like it. I like these predictions. Um, I feel like a lot of people might be in that same bucket in terms of like, I've heard some some questions, some comments about the changes with email coming. I'm going to get more of your opinion on that in a little bit. But let's dive in. You ready? Let's go. Let's take a look. Okay. Talk to me about automation, how you're using ChatGPT or automation, AI. What What's working for you? Tell me a little bit more. Automation then. So when it comes to what we're what what you're looking at overall with prospection, we'll talk about prospection a little bit, but also in terms of the account executive side. The chat GPT and the AI side of things that I'm using is mostly to do with not necessarily writing my um, my copy, not necessarily guiding me on anything in particular, but definitely understanding my ICP and giving me ideas because it really is incredible if you can work on it for that. So the main thing that I'm using is I'm using it to give me particular ideas for a specific ICP, a specific title, give me ideas based on my own value prop. If you insert into ChatGPT and give it things that you're certain of and ask for suggestions, it will do it. And the more information you give it, the more it will do. And then that allows you to write better copy, allows you to perform better in, in, in sales meetings, so on and so on and so on. But you just have to know what it is you're asking and how to formulate it. Then you get some output that you can actually use. So that's really what I'm using it for overall at the moment. I love that you're talking about it in terms of your ICP because I think so like everything that we do can be made better by just better understanding our clients, better understanding our customers, their problems, their pains, their role in general. Can I share this prompt that you go ahead? Yeah, yeah. And and okay. just to and on that point as you as you bring that up, I mean, I've seen people that are prospecting CEOs talking about how they're gonna bring them more meetings. CEOs don't care about meetings. CEOs care about one thing the same way as every ICP cares about one thing and it's about themselves, which is natural and it's about their KPIs and their metrics. Marketers, if you talk to marketers about increasing revenue, they don't care. So don't tell them about how your tool or service actually can bring them revenue because they are focusing on primarily uh, MQLs and primarily um, email engagement in their campaigns and pretty much that perhaps open rates, but that's it. So you've got to talk to them in languages that they understand coming onto this prompt, see how smooth that was, coming onto this prompt, here you've got to say, I'm prospecting a ICP. This is one that I've actually used, by the way, this is the exact prompt that I use, and it's just an example. I'm looking to sell them a tool or service, insert value prop one, two, three, four, five, however many you have. So let's say you are selling, a, you know, let's just say like a, an email software tool, for example, that automates it. I can automate emails at scale. I can use AI to write better campaigns. I can stop emails going to spam, blah, 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 blah. And then you're asking ChatGPT below to list their top three KPIs. Give me the most likely three problems. Give me their lagging indicators or the main um, KPI that they have. Leaning indicators, the things they use as measurements and leading indicators like inputs. Give me suggestions of how my product can solve it. Keep it concise. Just let ChatGPT do the heavy lifting and then you can get ideas. Now I'll finish on one other point. If I ask everyone, think about your top three ICP now, CEO, head of marketing, digital marketing manager, head of SDR, whoever it is, owner of founders, think about the about three that you have. Now think about their three main, for each of them, their main KPI, their lagging indicator. What do they want? Now, if you're not able to do that right now, you are unable to realistically create a concise message 
that communicates how it is you are able to solve their problem. It's not possible. This is ground one. So of course we can talk about lead sourcing, talk about databases, talk about sales navigator, all great ways to find ICPs, but what are you looking for? If you just all say, oh, I prospect CEOs, CEOs in companies with more than 500 people, more than 10,000 people in companies that have revenue above 10 million, in companies that have revenue below 100K, in uh, companies XYZ, you've got to use the ChatGPT prompt to help understand the ICP and then the rest will follow. So this is foundational. This is laying your research before you ever get started. And actually, let me bring it up one more time. If you guys want to take a screenshot of this prompt, I'll do that really quick one more time. If you want to want to take a peek, type this in later. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else research-wise that you have like a hot tip on before we get started? And yes, the session is being recorded. Everyone who is here will receive the recording to their email next week. And also super cool to see so many different places. I love it when people actually say, yeah, I'm calling from this place. Amazing to see different places, so many different states. Um, but anyway, yes, the research that you're doing, listen, it will come into something I touch on later on. I won't go too much into it, but the research, you should understand all of your key key ICPs, the uh, ideal customer title, depending on how technical you want to get. Everyone that you're prospecting, you should know. You should know probably the kind of company that they're in. You should therefore likely know the problems and you should be able to separate the difference between a problem and a pain. If I ask everyone in this chat, what's the difference between a problem and a pain? And you're not sure, you should be. The difference between a problem and a pain is essentially, just to go through it and then I'll stop Leslie and then you can carry on. A pain is basically a negative experience. A problem is something that they need to solve or solve for. For example, my leg hurts. It does, like my, my leg does hurt. It's not a problem because I can still walk, I can still run, I can still go go work out, I can still go play football. The problem arises when I go to a doctor and he says, ah, that there, if you don't sort that out in two months time, you're going to have to have an operation and you're going to be out for six months. Problem. Is it a problem? Because I need to solve for it. Otherwise, there's a future impact that negatively impacts me. Take it very quickly back to a business example. Um, let's say uh, the pain I have is my uh, low open rates, open rates, of, uh, sorry, uh, low reply rates, like 1% reply rate, 2%. It's not a problem right now. It's annoying, but it's not a problem. Why? Because I'm sending so many emails. My meeting's booked rate, my meeting's booked target is 10. I'm getting 15, 20 every month. So it's not a problem. I don't care. It's a bit annoying, but I don't care. It's a problem suddenly when someone says, hey man, you're sending that many emails. You're going to start to get banned from all of those servers and your whole company is going to get blocked. And I go, it. Now I've got to solve it. Now it's a problem. Do you understand? So therefore it will impact me in the future or there is a current state that I need to change or there is a future something, that's a problem. So start thinking about that. Understand your ICP situation, their problems and their pains. Don't just focus on one of them because otherwise it's not going to work. What a relevant example that uh, I'm sure no one can feel that pain right now. (laughs) I want to skip over and talk about your top three tips. When I was like, hey, what are your top three things when you're prospecting? You gave me three. Start wherever you want to and let's dive in. Let's go through. Let's go through. Um, let's go from top to bottom. Email deliverability. Spoke about it very quickly. Um, email deliverability is essentially the foundation. There's four prospection foundations overall when you're doing outbound. It is lead sourcing, enrichment, personalization at scale and deliverability. Deliverability is the one that's the foundation of all of them because you could send a crappy email to someone that maybe isn't the right email address or a message on LinkedIn. You might book a meeting. For example, if you have poor deliverability and you're doing a lot of email campaigns, 
they will not go to the person's inbox. So that really is the key one. And there are some changes in February that's going to come around next year. People probably have questions. It's quite a <laughs> it's quite a boring topic as well, but it is something that you have to solve. So email deliverability is the first one in terms of tips, and I have some tips to focus on that as well. Do you want to share? And those tips I'll share right now because Lovely this resource. section here, yeah, you'll likely have heard everyone in the chat, uh, unless you know you can let me know if you have. But DMARC, SPF, TKIM, MX Records, blacklists, all that kind of thing. These are the things that you need to make sure are set up. This is your technical setup. It's key to make sure that this is done properly because if it isn't, then this is one of the key foundation, one of the key factors that influences whether or not your emails are going to go to spam. Even if you personalize them all, this has got to be set up properly. Now, there's lots of different ways you can do it, but the only thing is you have to do it once, essentially, then you have to monitor it and make sure it's all good. So don't worry about lots of other factors that influence it. Do I have links? Do I have images? All of these influence, as, as another graph will show, this is a technical setup. You've got to make sure that it's done properly. And we have a link to this for the Lemless Checker, right? Vicky, do you mind popping that in the chat for everyone if you want to check your information there, but talk us through it. There you go. Yes. So in terms of for, for you know, uh, for, for um, what is it, disclosure here, Lemlist and Lemwarm is the is my own tool stack. That's the company, obviously, that I, I'm talking about here. But Lemwarm was pretty much the first warm-up tool on the market about three, four years ago. Guillaume Moubesh, he was the one that sort of started to, to really focus on this. And now it's become up like that because more and more people send emails. So what you can do is you can check with that deliverability checker, check your setup and get some advice on how to solve it. And here, this is just a graph to show you the two biggest influences that are impacting your deliverability. Anyone in the chat, if you have open rates of probably 25 to 35%, I know you probably do because that's industry average, but anything less than 50 indicates you likely have a deliverability issue. You could be aiming for 50 to 90% on average. That's what you should be going for. And all you need to do is make sure that you are on the left-hand side, make, taking best practices in terms of spam words, in terms of personalizing lots, in terms of having reasonable sending volumes, which I'll go on into in a sec, but also making sure that you have a warm-up tool in place and your technical setup's good. That's the best thing you can do. Love, love. Okay, let's move on to personalization at scale. Personalization at scale, okay. Let's go on to that then. Personalization at scale is essentially making sure that when you are reaching out to someone, you are understanding in the in the in the perspective of how much time you have in a day, how many emails you can send and what you can do, and then how good it needs to be. So obviously we would all send the best, most personalized video to every single prospect if we could, but we don't because we don't have time. So reasonably nowadays, in terms of deliverability and in terms of what you can do, you should be sending about 30 emails per day per email. Now, not many people are going to like that, but that's true. As soon as you go above that, you start knocking on the door and asking for your email to be marked to spam. I'm telling you. And I know that because I used to do it myself. And I've had plenty of emails, even at this company, banned because I was doing 60, 70, 80, 90 per day. And even I thought it was okay. And I have a warm-up tool and it was still too much. So in terms of personalization at scale, you need to be making sure that you are writing copy, which is relevant for your ICP, that you understand you're resonating with their problems and you're offering a reasonable solution. We can perhaps look at some ways in terms of a, a um, you know, a, a template that we can go through to show you that. And there's also some best practices. So in terms of best practices with your email copy, there's a few that we can go through. Perhaps, Leslie, we could share that on the screen. Ah, lovely. So golden rules. Shall I rattle them off, Leslie, or do you want to ask about one or two? I mean, yeah, let's give us your top two here. 
top two here. So here, again, you can take a screenshot if you like. Top two, that's a good question. Mm. Okay, problem focus. I mean, they're golden rules, so they're all important. But, uh, <laughs> problem focus. I'm going to say two, two, four, and ten. All right, two, four, and ten are my absolute favorites because the other ones are two, four, and ten. Two word subject lines, all lowercase. I'm telling you, you all likely have a software that you have. Yeah, no fluff as well, but you all likely have software that you use where you can A B test. Put a two word subject line, all lowercase, and see the open rates and the change you get. Do you know why it works? It works because it looks like an internal email. It works because it generates a bit of intrigue, but not enough. And they go, what? what's that? And then they open the email and providing you haven't said something like, you know, hostage situation, then they will open the email and they will see the rest of your relevant email. Do you know what I mean? Some people say, what about if you say spam alert? Well, I say, well, if you say spam alert, then, you, then you're going to get marked to spam. But you've got to have a relevant, reasonable two-word subject line or lowercase, and that will boost your open rates. And it will start to get you closer to 50% and above as opposed to being industry average 25, 35, something like that. Yeah. Then on the problem focus, we've already spoken about it. No one cares about your your product. No one cares about your features. No one cares about the benefits. No one really cares about the pains because if the pain was that bad, what would they have done? They'd have already solved it, but they do care about their problems. So if you can resonate and talk about, maybe start talking about some pains, but relate it to the problems that they're facing, relate it to their KPIs, relate it to how it's going to impact them or is impacting them, there is where you're going to grab someone's attention. That's the whole point of Outbound. And if you can find a problem that they didn't know about, you are up here. Think about yourself as a doctor. If you're not really sure, you 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 in sales are a doctor. You've got to understand better than them their situation. Guess a lot because you are coming from outside if you're doing cold Outbound. But then you have to understand how is it that I reasonably can find something or uncover something that they weren't aware of, help them understand the gravity of that problem and how it's going to impact them so that therefore, they are likely to take a meeting or buy your solution or buy your service. That's ultimately the name of the game. Finally, very quickly then, what did I say? What was my other favorite one? No fluff. No fluff, exactly. Man, you got to cut out the cut out the crap from those emails. Like uh, all these analogies, all of this um, like extra stuff, hope you're well, all of this stuff that's um, uh, CTAs that are like 10, 15 words long, just get to the point. I'll show you an example, I promise. I'm not just saying we just get to the point. Same with LinkedIn, same with writing a message. If when you guys get emails, ask yourself honestly, everyone watching this, do you read it all? You don't because it's full of stuff that isn't engaging, full of stuff that isn't arranged nicely in an email, and it's full of crap that you're not interested in. So just focus on stuff that's relevant, focus on engaging uh, content, and you can ask, you can actually ask a ChatGPT to cut out the fluff or make it more concise. So again, use it for that, um, for that purpose. Don't ask it to write your entire email, but ask it just, can you make this more concise? And it will. I like that usage as well. Let's look at the template and then you have an example here too. Template and oh. example. Again, what you have here. That. So I'll read it through overall very quickly. So, hey, first name, what title or ICP hate about their job is main problem. Stuff like one, two, three, four, five things, whatever. Our tech enables you to solution, make it clear. You have a lot of a lot of people on LinkedIn or whatever, they say, ah, oh, don't talk about yourself, don't talk about the solution. You have to at some point say what you do. You can't leave them guessing. That's even worse. And then you can what you can do is have an answer to the most likely follow-up they'd ask before an interest-based CTA. That's the structure. Again, screenshot that if you'd like. And then we can go on to the actual example. So here it is. Two words subject line or lowercase. There you go. 
What sales reps often hate is the cold outreach response rate, sending hundreds of emails, crafting personalized messages, following up only for a meager 2% reply rate. Our tool solved this by, solves this by allowing hyper-targeted personalization at scale, pushing response rates upwards of 15%, 10 positive replies per week without harming deliverability. Worth a peek. Now I've got a few things in it there. Uh, stop me if there's any questions, by the way, Leslie, but very quickly, you got the subject line, nice and catchy. There's nicely sort of separated um, uh, the, the email. It's easy to read and scan. Sales reps, I'm speaking directly to them. Cold outreach response rates, one of the main things that they struggle with. I've described their situation. And again, this isn't the perfect email, but it's just an example. Described their situation. So now in their head, they're thinking, that is true. I, I do that. That is something they do. As soon as you start making people think like that, you go up in credibility. They start thinking, if this guy knows about that, this person knows about that, he's describing it, already he's maybe he's likely to be able to know how to solve it as well. And then you mentioned the meager 2% reply rate. That's the KPI that they're after. Then you go into solution, say, state it very clearly. Again, mention the desired KPI. And then the 10 positive replies per week is the actual lagging indicator that they are going for. Sales reps need positive replies. Sales reps need meetings. That's what you do. And then you're just in the head without harming deliverability. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking about deliverability, worrying about it correctly. So they're thinking, ah, without harming deliverability, then I've thought about that. Maybe it's something to do. You're just getting some questions going in the head. You're making them think, is it worth a peak, a interest-based CTA? That's your email. And the only point I'm going to mention as well before I, before I stop is that interest-based CTA, the more time I've spent doing outreach, the more time I've spent doing, what, 350-odd meetings, the more soft I get with the CTA. I have arguments upstairs with my, with my own team where they say, yeah, but you've got to at least ask them, does it sound Does it sound like it's something we could chat about? Does it look like something we can have a meeting? Man, just say, is it is this relevant? Any of this relevant? Is this interesting? Worth worth a look or, or no? If it's not, then it's not. But proving people to do anything, as any of you know, doesn't work. So allow them to come to you. Be soft. Act as though you've got 50 meetings a week anyway. And then you will see that they will go, do you know what? Maybe I, maybe that is deliverability. Didn't we didn't we have those issues with deliverability? What are our open? What's the reply rate? And then they start to question themselves. Then they go, hi, tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, we do that. Did you say something about deliverability? What's that? And there you go. There you're already making them think about it and you get your reply. Yeah. It's uh it's that detaching from the outcome. And I think it's really interesting. It's like definitely a point of contention for people talking about the product or like what you do. But I have someone in my inbox right now who I've gone in back back and forth with her seven times asking her what it is they do and she won't tell me. <laughs> and like I could go to the website, but how many people are gonna do that? I'm just really interested to see how long it's gonna take. And it's kind of like yeah. it's like a it's a cool experiment, if you will, but Anyway, well, I like tell like us when you find out because I'm. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. How many Maybe steps I'm... does it take to get to the product? I think so. I'm going to title my next, uh, my next, my next video. How many steps can it take before you explain uh, what you it actually does? But you know, you got to state it at some point. Um, you can't hide it. You, you do have to say we solved this. It's okay. Um, maybe comes back in time. I'm about to talk about a little bit of um, you know, personal branding, maybe. But yes, start to see what works. Don't listen to everything you hear all the time on all these LinkedIn influencers, for example, and other people, including me, including me. But I'm just saying that there as a template is pretty good. I know it works and it's something that you can play around with as well for your own ICPs and see how it does. Yeah. yeah you got to try it all. See what works for you. Okay. Maybe we got about 
It's five, six minutes left. You said that 2024, you're talking about personal branding. That's one of your predictions. Tell us a little bit about what you got in terms of personal branding. Yeah, personal branding, personal branding, it can be bland. Personal branding <laughs> is something that, in a nutshell, increases your credibility. Um, personal branding is not the be-all and end-all silver bullet. Uh, 80,000 followers, 90,000 followers, there's a lot of them that are not respected, a lot of um, influencers, and I'm not using this to, to trash anyone, believe me, but I'm just saying that it does a few things when you start to post on LinkedIn. It allows you to see what the market's doing in your industry. It allows you to keep up to date with things. It allows you to it allows you to see what other people are talking about and it allows you to actually practice. When you start posting, you start, I find it very therapeutic. So I'm writing, that sounds so obnoxious, but it is It is relaxing to actually write and, and filter and process the things in my head about emails, about what I'm talking about now. And it allows you to kind of um, get ideas and, and organize your thoughts on a particular topic. And then you do start to become a thought leader because you start to do good posts on, on, on personalization. You start to see what resonates, how oh, that posted well. Uh, that tells me that people need templates a little bit more. I'll do another post about cold email deliverability. You start to understand what people actually want in the industry because people are asking you. Then, of course, you get the ultimate outcome of inbound leads because people are reaching out to you. When you are credible, people respect you, they see you, and they trust you more, and they're more likely to have a meeting, more likely to close, and more likely to generate you revenue at the end of the day. So that overall is what building a brand's about. Yeah, I... Um we actually found you through your YouTube channel too. So like talking about personal brand and like what it can do and bring people in to be a client or whatever that happens to be. Um, there was a question that wasn't to everyone, but I'm curious to hear your, the email that you just sent, is that the one that's booking you so many meetings? Like the template that we just showed, is that the one that's booking so many meetings every week? The template, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So the template can be done because we solve for about four or five different things for many different ICPs as I've spoken about, but that template there, that structure is what is booking that many meetings. Yes. Now, again, another little caveat, we're using rotating inboxes. So whilst I said that it's sending, I'm sending about 30 per day, what you can do with tools like Lemlist with other tools on the market, I'm not saying it's, you know, exclusive to that, but you can have multiple emails and you can have, let's say five email domains, might have about five. When you have that many email templates, it means that I can have one email, tal at lemlist.com. And then I have tal2 at lemnist.com. And I can have all five of those emails sending rotational emails. So it's five times 30 emails per day. So I'm sending out 150 emails per day with pure deliverability. That then is how you are able to book at scale, personalize at scale, target ICPs, and use that kind of template. So yes is the answer. And alongside my credible brand, which I have quite a few followers now, just over 20,000, that's where you start to, when they check you up and they go, tal from lemnist, let's take a look. Jesus, the guy's posting about this. This is an interesting point. This is a really cool post. They start to tag their colleagues. Man, someone starts tagging their colleagues on your post and it's your ICP. Are you going to be able to meet with them? Are they going to sign? Nah, probably they are. You know what I mean? So that's ultimately what I use personal branding for. That probably answers in our Q&A, really rapid fire Q&A here. James asked that question. I think that answers that pretty well. So like having multiple email, is it per account or per domain? Good question. Uh, first thing, good question. That it's you can have multiple email addresses per domain. So I could have talbaker at lemlist.com, talbakerphillips at lemlist.com, tal.baker at lemlist.com. And providing the tool allows you to do that, you are just able to rotate them and you can have 50 for all it matters. And then you can have 50 times whatever you want your email limit to be. Steve asks, what do you have in your signature? 
Good you question. Then, um, uh, I guess he's asking because it's to do with deliverability, it's to do with images, to do with links. I'm okay with either way. I'm okay with having it. Tell Baker Phillips, find me on LinkedIn is what I normally do because I leverage my personal brand. I leverage my image there. I don't mind as well if you have an extra piece of information that tells them a little bit more about your, your products, but I keep it simple to that. Cut out the links, cut out the images, have your name, have a link to something else or have your, your title, maybe keep it nice and clean. Nothing more than that. Um, and final point, that's not going to make a huge impact on the amount of meetings you book. It's a factor. So it's a, it's a nice question. But focus firstly on a few other things that will have a bigger impact. But I appreciate the question. Uh, another question came in that says, "How long is your cadence or sequence?" Um, the cadence doesn't need to be as long as you think. The cadences can be providing them multi-channel. Multi-channel with ha will have roughly thirty-five to forty percent more effectivity, more effectivity, more effectiveness at generating replies. So I have it normally less than less than five, less than five steps. Email, LinkedIn, email, email. If then if they're opening it and they're not resonating, uh, then I, I assume that it's uh, probably not the right time. I also have videos as well, so I have multi-format in my in my cadences as well. And then, are is email your first? Is it cold email your first outreach to people always? It is because of the volumes. So with LinkedIn, you're able to do. 20 to 30 actions per day in terms of reaching out to someone. You can also automate like profile visits or connection requests. Email, you can do a lot more and it's going down and down. But with rotating inboxes as well, I have the first step as email. I knock on the door because the, the front door might be open. And then when you're doing everything else, you're kind of climbing in through the window. You're kind of you're trying different sort of sneakier steps. You're trying to get, you know, routed in a different way, call them, whatever. I try email first because it has the biggest uh, the, the biggest uh, possibility and the, the broadest um, options. And then I go to LinkedIn and call it. Yeah. Hey, I like it. I know we're at time, but thank you so much for sharing just like your strategy, what's working for you, for being with us here today, our last show of 2023. And it was a great one. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. It's a pleasure. We have some links in the chat here. If you want to connect with Tal, check out their YouTube channel. Um, and then also go find us on sellbetter.xyz to see shows coming up in January. And uh, have a happy holiday, a great new year, and we'll see you back January 3rd. Thanks, guys. Pleasure joining you. Thank you, Tal. See you soon.